Welcome to the Pet Photographers Club with your hosts, Caitlin and Kirsty. Tune in as experts share their insights to help grow your business with higher sales, creative marketing, and kick arse business strategies. Now on to the show. Hello and welcome to the Pet Photographers Club. I'm Kirsty of Fitzbernard Photography. And I'm Caitlin of Ragamuffin Pet Photography. And today we have an episode for all you introverted pet photographers out there. Welcome to Season 2, Episode 3 of the Pet Photographers Club podcast. Our guest today helps photographers spend more time behind the camera and chasing their pets around and less time chasing clients for signatures and payments. She specializes in bringing personal touch to automation and creating quiet business strategies to make any introverted heart sing. It is the wonderful Caroline M. Wood. Welcome to the Pet Photographers Club, Caroline. Hi, Caitlin and Christy. Thanks for having me here. It's lovely to be talking to you. Um, so for the listener, Caroline, how would you describe what it is that you're doing? Uh, so I'm mainly helping out people with setting up their – so working out what their processes should be so that their systems and their tech all flow nicely and so they have much more time to actually do fun stuff like taking photos of pets and, um, you know, hang, hanging out with their family and just having more time with their clients. So, you know, less time, as you say, doing the boring stuff like sending out contracts and invoices. Yeah, definitely. Um, both Kirstie and I are pretty big believers in the power of automating your business. So we're really excited to have an expert on the show to help sort of introduce that mindset to any of the listeners who might be a bit sort of nervous or unsure about the process. Mm -hmm. Um, What sort of, I guess, your advice on any pet photographers listening who have no idea where to start with automation? So I think the first thing is actually not the automation step. It's the Mm -hmm. going back and working out what your ideal process is. So, you know, are you going to do a questionnaire before you perhaps um, line up a photo shoot and when does the contract fit in your process? So once you have that actual process mapped out, then you can start picking a system and automating that process properly. I see a lot of people um, sign up for a new piece of tech. They get all excited because someone recommends it in a a Facebook group or, you know, um, something on a forum and then it actually doesn't work with what they want to do. So it's really about making sure that it works, having your process clear so you pick something that works well for you rather than, you know, just what um, some random people recommend to you. Mm -hmm. And do you have any advice for people wondering sort of where they start with trying to map out that process? Yeah, so it's really just getting – my thing is getting out a piece of pen and paper and just mm-hmm. sort of, you know, working through it where you think the best – where you put your spots. And, of course, you know, I think talking to someone and looking at what worked well in past processes and, you know, where you perhaps had some problems with clients, identifying where it's got wrong, gone wrong, but really just getting clear on a piece of paper. You know, it doesn't need to be any fancy – drawing, you know, flowcharting software or anything like that. It's just getting clear in your head. And I often find what works well for people is to write their steps down on post-it notes. Mm-hmm. And that way you can actually move them around as you, you work out what works best for you. So would you recommend photographers get sort of right into the nitty-gritty? You'd be writing down everything from, you know, you get home from a shoot, you download your CF cards, you back those CF cards up, you then email the client about this or that, and then it's you start, say, <laughs> maple. Yeah. 
No, that's not me for once. No, oh my God. <laughs> They're agreeing with everything that Caitlin's saying. There's normally my, yeah. <laughs> um, but, yeah, sort of just getting right into the step-by-step details so that they can see the whole picture before they start sort of trying to work out. <laughs> I think they've seen a cat. Um, it's a pet photography podcast, so it sounds about right. Yeah, so before they start trying to work out how to lump any processes together, would you be recommending to go right into step-by-step step and make it probably a little overly detailed or what were your thoughts there? Yeah, so I think if you're going to do, you know, if you're going to do a lot of detail, then you can, let's say if you use Post-it notes, you can start clumping mm-hmm. them together as well so you can say, okay, this is what this means. Yep. But I also think if you go into detail, you can do some really nice checklists for yourself mm-hmm. so that you don't forget things. I think I, I see a lot of people mm-hmm. who get um, distracted or, you know, they're unclear on their process and if they have a checklist and they mark things off as they go, it just makes their life much easier. They don't have to be sitting there trying to remember what do I do next. Yeah, absolutely. I, it, the whole memory of when I first started out and I it's almost like you're reinventing the wheel every time you had a new client because I didn't have any sort of system or workflow or anything like that in place. So it very much became the sort of thing of like, oh, yeah, have I – remove the leashes from those photos yet for example so what do you recommend caroline do you recommend starting with a paper checklist or um like for somebody who has no systems in place whatsoever um or is there particular software that you would recommend uh, so i i normally just recommend if you start with a piece of paper or you know a pdf checklist that you can print off each time or a word, you know, word document whatever that's that's a really good starting place because i think for some people, the tech can be a bit intimidating um, and it does take a bit of time to set up, whereas doing a checklist on a piece of paper is a really nice quick win and you can, I think, you know, people will be surprised how much time they can save just by having that that in front of them. Yeah, absolutely. You could write that checklist, you know, yep. tomorrow morning and you would have a, a, a system in place by tomorrow lunchtime, whereas, yeah, you're right, when you're, you're setting up the sort of, um, software and stuff that can be, you know, a week's worth of work to try and get everything I, um, working properly. I've I tried both of, well, two different options when I very first started. The first one was, like you just said, Caroline, um, I printed off, like, you know, I had a template PDF and I printed off a new one for every client and I stuck it to the front yeah. of their folder and then I literally uh-huh. ticked along as I went. Um, and then the second one that I did was I printed off like a big poster that had all the steps involved running along the top. So it was a chart mm. and then running down like um, in rows were spaces that I could write the client's name. And so then I had that above my desk and I had every client listed there and I, and I could see what was ticked and what wasn't ticked or what was um, next to do, which I found really helpful because it's so visual and I think a lot of photographers are very visual people um so I guess do you think either do you have a particular recommendation for perhaps I don't I think it's it's really just working out what works best for the individual this yeah yeah there's a whole like Trello and Asana are great project management tools that I see quite a few people using and they're both great and it just depends mm-hmm. on what works. You know, I think Trello is perhaps better for visual people, yeah. whereas Asana is, you know, perhaps better for list people. So I think it really depends on, you know, how you you like to do things. 
and you know how it fits in with your other things so like if you do have um, a folder for each person that you're working with then as you said just putting the checklist on the front can be a great way of keeping track of where you're at with it going step by step so say the photographer um, has sat down they've made a list of every little task that they have to do per client and they've created some sort of checklist that they have what what would be your next step it is probably then starting to investigate which there's a lot of systems out there that can help you automate particularly the client onboarding side of things and Mm -hmm. the end of the process so it gets a bit Mm -hmm. trickier I think particularly with photographers with some of that um finding the right thing for that in the middle middle bit after you, you know you've taken the photos and are doing all the editing process I think it's that's a bit trickier to find one that you like but there's some great systems out there for onboarding and it's just working out what what's the most important part of your process that you want to to get automated what is taking up the majority of your time so that um yeah so you can make the you know make the best time saving possible as quickly as possible so starting with starting with breaking down the um, the part that's the most time consuming and and working how to systematize that and then once you've got that part under control maybe moving on to to the next thing that's in line as the most time consuming yeah yeah that's good advice yeah because I think it's there's some and a lot of the really sophisticated systems out there are probably going to be a bit overwhelming for mm-hmm. someone who is just getting into automation. I think almost you do a two-step process. I know some people say, oh, you should go with the system that you're going to end up with once you're, you know, a massive business and doing really well. But I actually think that can be too overwhelming and you don't take action and it's often mm-hmm. too expensive as well. So just going for a good yep. basic um, system that you know can save you time is a really good starting point. Yeah. I remember the big... Um, sort of life-changing thing for me was and it was such an easy system to implement and once I had it I was like how did I not have this before but it was just using scheduling software Mm. rather than going back and forth and back and forth and back and forth about are you available on this time or this date this time or this date Um, and my mind was like blown (laughs) with how much I how much time I saved then that clients could just have their own access to the calendar which showed all the available times and dates that I had you know pre-planned and it was linked to my personal calendar and all that sort of thing um and yeah it was incredibly um fundamental to changing my business and then sort of from then on you can like I started doing things like automating emails and all that sort of thing but I think it was the calendar thing that sort of changed everything for me yeah um you use acuity too don't you Kirsty? yes and we're also using it for the podcast um that's what you would have booked yep. this through caroline um, yeah yeah Caitlin and i like when we started the podcast we we're just like okay cool so we'll definitely use this and we'll definitely use that and we'll definitely use this and uh we better get some members to cover the <laughs> because but um yeah that's been good for us to sort of be starting this with already a little bit of that knowledge but a lot of people I know when I first started looking for client management software, I mean, um, not management software, sorry, um, client booking software, like online calendars, like Caitlin's talking about, I was just like, oh, what even is the term, like the terminology for this? What do I even search for Mm -hmm. to find Mm -hmm. the right application? And then finally I worked out, okay, cool, I need 
online booking calendar. So then I started searching that and then there's about 5,000 options and I'm like, <laughs> oh, cool. Yeah, there's so, so many. So how do I work, you know, what do I do now? So do you have a, um, a system, I guess, <laughs> or um, some kind of process to help people work that out or is that something that you help them with, Caroline? So I do do, I help my, so for my clients, that's one of the things that I do is I go, I basically online, go online and I know quite a few of the systems because I use quite a lot of them, mm-hmm. all my clients do. So I go online and I try and work out which will be the best one to meet their needs in terms of the processes. But, you know, I think if, I'm not a huge fan of getting recommendations from Facebook groups, but I think at least they can point you in the direction of a few different options so you narrow it down. You know, the scheduling apps, as you say, there are just so many of them. And, and like you, I use Acuity as well. I think it's a great system. But, you know, Calendly and a couple of the others are, are really good as well. So at least if you ask in a, a forum, you know, like a because you have a, a members club, you know, those sort of places are great for asking for advice for people in your industry who understand what you're going to be trying to do with that calendar. Mm, that's a good tip actually yeah yeah guys jump on the members group <laughs> ask yeah. away <laughs> yeah thanks for the plug there Caroline <laughs> I just okay. think communities are fabulous for that and particularly ones that are industry specific I've got clients in a couple of industries and they get so much benefit from being in in a community that understands their business because every business you know industry it is quite unique I think Mm-hmm. Yeah, I do think that's um, we've been seeing that that's what's really beneficial in sort of the members club is because it's pet pet photography specific and also pet photography business yep. specific because there's so, certainly plenty of awesome um, groups out there that are pet photography specific, but they're sort of focusing more on the photography side of it, whereas we really focus on the business. But because everyone's chatting about the same thing, and um, yeah, it's really helpful. So. Mm-hmm definitely recommend that mm-hmm. um so i want to pivot a little bit i mean kirstie's extroverted but i'm the introverted half of um this duo <laughs> so i was really really interested to hear your um opinions on how developing systems and strategies could be helping introverted business owners in particular yeah so for me it's really about i find that because I am introverted myself, I really need to, I want to conserve my energy so that when I'm talking to people, it's about meaningful conversations and I'm talking to my ideal clients. So I'm not, I'm not spending time doing phone calls with people who I know aren't going to be my ideal client and aren't going to book me because I just, you know, calls are draining for me. They, they, um, yeah, they, they reduce your energy as an introvert. So it's really about, putting in systems in place to try and ensure that you're talking to the right people at the right times. So one of those things, a simple thing to do can be to have a questionnaire on your website and get someone to fill that that in before they get your phone number. So you don't have your phone number on the web, your website because you don't want to actually talk to people randomly and pick up your phone, which I definitely don't want to do. So it's about having that questionnaire and then at the end of the questionnaire you can hand out the phone number if that's what you want to do or an email. Um, so you vet, you almost you get the questionnaire and you vet it first before you give people your contact details. Mm-hmm. So it's doing systems like that so that you're talking, you know, you're, you're only talking to people when it actually matters. It's not you know, having these random conversations with people. And then the yeah. other way I think it, it's really useful for introverts is in that self-promotion side of things, on the end of 
the process, and I think even ex, you know some extroverts sh- you know struggle with this as well, is that asking for testimonials and referrals. Mm. So having a process in place where that's automated and that just happens, and you don't need to think, oh my goodness, I have to do this. Mm-hmm. You know, really helps. I think particularly introverts, but also extroverts with managing that end of their business and being visible. Yeah, and that can definitely be done um, online anyway. You don't even need to speak to anybody to do that. I, like yeah. Caitlin said, I'm probably less on the introverted side than her, um, <laughs> and I don't even ask my clients for referrals unless I've built up yeah. a really good relationship with them. Then I would be like, oh, and also I'm going to shoot you an email. Um, would you mind clicking on that link to um, give me some feedback, blah, blah, blah. But usually I just send the email. And yeah. um, I've, like you were just suggesting, like I've managed to structure it so that it's super easy for people to um, give me that feedback. And in the feedback, I kind of, because of the way it's worded, I'm able to grab a testimonial out of it. Um, yeah. And then also there's a link to leave a review as well. Um, so that's something that's definitely, A, could be automated like you um everything that you're all about, Caroline, um, but also perfect for introverts because, yeah, if they can figure out the right system or if you can help them with the right system, um, <laughs> then, uh, yeah, they can they can use that energy elsewhere, I suppose, which is what it's all about, isn't it? Yeah. So one of the other things I recommend to people is if you are going to do calls with people and that's where this is where, you know, a scheduling application like uh, Acuity comes in, you know, maybe you want to schedule it so you can, and you can do this with Acuity to say, I'm only going to take Mm. two calls a day because that's my maximum energy level. Or I only want to do calls on Tuesday. I know I'm going to be exhausted on Wednesday and I don't want to talk to people on Wednesday. So it's about thinking about, you know, not just who you're talking to, but when you're talking to them so that you manage your energy and you have, you know, you have better conversations with people and you enjoy it more if you're not exhausted. Mm -hmm. I actually do it um, sort of the the same idea, but the opposite way around. So it, because it does exhaust me um, to be talking to people. Um, So I schedule all my client appointments, sessions, that sort of thing. People can only talk to me or see me on Wednesdays, Fridays and Saturdays, which means I already know in my head Monday, Tuesday and Thursday, I can just sort of get shit done and I don't have to be worrying or not not that I'm worrying every time I have a client coming or anything like that but I don't have that in the back of my head thinking oh I have to be you know quote unquote on today um so yeah I definitely can see how using a some sort of scheduling software and being aware if that is the sort of thing that drains you then actually pre-planning that because I I used to not do that and I would have them you know spread out from Tuesday to Saturday and it meant that every day I was having to be on at some point in the day and it really sort of broke up my um efficiency I guess and my productivity in the day because it sort of drained me and then I was tired for the rest of the day and that sort of thing um so yeah so that's a really good tip you know even for um extroverts or anybody else um, you sort of fit somewhere along that scale. Yeah, yeah. Not yeah. Introverted. Um, that's still a good tip because mm-hmm. I'm, you know, um, if your day is broken up by like one minute you've got to make a phone call and then the next minute your brain has to switch to um, creative mode and you've got to be 
planning a shoot and then you're the next minute you've got to be editing and I don't think you're very efficient doing that anyway um Mm -mm. so if you know if you've already got one shoot booked in for a Saturday why not do two back to back and then that opens up you know say Thursday so that Thursday can be office day where you're just focusing on admin or whatever I think um Mm. that's a really good tip anyway regardless I I used to shoot both Saturdays and Sundays because I Uh. thought for years I did um because I thought well for two reasons one because I was being fussier about only shooting during the golden hour and now I'll shoot at any time of the day. But the second reason was because I did, I do find a shoot exhausting. And my theory was, oh, I should be spreading that out over the two days. So I would do one shoot on the Saturday and one shoot on the Sunday. And then when I was like, screw this, I want to have a bit of a personal life. <laughs> um, and I, I remember really being really nervous at the idea of shutting Sunday off my cal- calendar because I had at that point handed on for like five years or something like that. Um, and and instead I opened up all of Saturdays so clients could book, you know, I could have two sessions back-to-back or three sessions back-to-back. Um, and I thought that would make me absolutely exhausted. I remember thinking I'll just do a little trial run, but this probably isn't going to work out. And it turns out it's it's really not that much more tiring because once you're out and you have your camera out and you're in shooting mode and following you're traveling or whatever, it's sort of like once you're out of the house, you're out of the house. And it, for me, it's the same sort of thing like going to the gym. It's like once you're there, it's fun. Um, but it, yeah. Really? <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't go to the gym. <laughs> <laughs> but you, I don't know what that you is. You know what I mean though. Like once you, well, I don't know, maybe you don't, but for me it was sort of like, a, oh, I have to leave the house thing. <laughs> Um, and then once you're out, it's fine. But having them back to back was so much better. And my other thing that I started batching recently was rather than spreading editing throughout the week, just talking about, you know, streamlining things. Um, I'm now only doing editing on Tuesdays. And that's been life changing as well, because now it's not like that one thing that you're like, oh, I've, I've got to get onto that. And it means I can focus on different areas of the business um, throughout the week. So, mm-hmm. yeah, just the whole the whole idea of batching and do it, organizing your calendar in a way that works for your um, approach is really interesting. I really love it. Yeah, I think batching is everyone's friend, regardless of yeah. whether you're an introvert or an extrovert. And yeah, I love the introvert tips. I think they're just, you know, perhaps a little bit introverts get a little bit more benefit out of them than maybe an extrovert but I think as you say the you know this batching or you know only doing calls on certain days works well for everyone because I mean there's so many studies out there that show once you you know how much um, productivity you lose if you check your email it's just ridiculous it's like you know you don't get back into the zone for something like in a half an hour or something like that it's crazy I'm I'm terrible at doing that too. I'm so <laughs> I and I hear people that. say that. I hear them say you shouldn't do it, and then I can't stop myself when I'm in the middle of like you know, especially if it's sort of something like editing, for example, where it's a little bit monotonous, and I'm like, oh, I'll just yeah. send my email quickly. Like, oh, I've done that again. <laughs> I won't answer any of those emails. I'll just look at them, which is even worse yeah. because then my brain thinks yeah. I may have answered them, but I haven't. Mm-hmm. It's this whole thing. <laughs> and I find that then I'm like, my brain is switched into like, okay, cool, so now I've got a to-do list, and I start being like, yes. know, oh, crap, I haven't yeah. done this or I haven't done that or this person yeah. wants this or this person wants that, and next minute my all my brain capacity is being used in remembering like, oh, write that note down and add this to mm-hmm. the list. And then like you were saying, Caroline, it, 
you know, you finally put that aside and half an hour later you're like, oh, right, back to editing mode and, yeah, um, yeah just not productive. So I saw a really lovely quote the other day, it's, um, just something along the lines of just remember your email list is not your to-do list. Uh, yeah, that's good. <laughs> <laughs> Letting other people drive your priorities. Yeah. That's a really difficult mindset to get out of though. Yeah. I, I feel like the worst thing I could do for myself is to check my email towards the end of the workday and mm-hmm. not reply back to it because it just, if it's a, it doesn't even matter if it's not like a negative email or something like that. Mm-hmm. It's the, the um, cog then turning in my head for the entire night of, oh, you have to do that, you have to do that, you have to do that. I'm finding, um, actually, this is interesting discussion for me because normally when I'm at, in the office and I'm working a Monday to Friday week, um, I have a set schedule like, okay, I only shoot on these days and I only, like you were saying before, but I'm traveling at the moment. So I'm still doing like half a day of work per week or something while I'm traveling. But I find that I'm actually using a lot of, um, mm. sort of mental energy, I suppose, um, <laughs> throughout the entire week because, you know, the emails, I've got emails turned on on my phone at the moment because I'm travelling and I never do that, like, when I'm back in Australia and working. Yeah, now I'm here, like, you know, if I have a SIM card or something, the mm. um, email pops up and I'm like, oh, I better do that. And then I'm stressing for the whole day, like, got to place that lab order, got to place that lab order. And I'm going to find a new um, system, I think, for while I'm away. Actually, <laughs> now you've inspired me. Email and your phone yeah. is such a killer. Cool. So, Caroline, um, I noticed on your website that you're actually a chartered accountant. Is that right? I am. So what sort of, um, I don't know, this is quite a broad question, but advice, not accountancy advice, but, yeah. um, you know, from a fin- financially viable, I guess, point of view um, when it comes to, you know, automation systems and everything, um, can you give uh, the listener? Yes, I think it's really, it's about having systems that, for me, one of the big things is trying to set up systems that actually talk to people's accounting systems so that they're not, so they're not having to enter data into their finance systems. It just automatically is there. And for me, that's really important because then they can run off their profit and loss and actually see how they're going. I think because some of it's, you know, it feels quite complex to do your numbers and people get think, oh, that's too hard, I'm not going to do it, and don't really know how their business is going until they get to the end of the tax year and go, oh, look at that, I didn't make very much money because I spent it all on things. <laughs> so I think it's just, for me it's the systems are really important that they're, they're streamlined so they can get the numbers into their systems and actually get an answer of how they're going on a more regular basis than just at tax time when there's yeah, nothing you can actually time. do about it. So would you suggest um, – then, I mean, other than obviously if you had a bookkeeper, but for someone doing their own bookkeeping, for example, utilizing software like, I don't know, Zero is what I personally use, where it's having the um, bank statements and credit card statements and all that sort of thing is inputted automatically. So you're not actually having to sit down and write out all your expenses. Is that the sort of thing you're talking about? Yeah. So just the, I think the bank feeds and there's a few systems that do it now. I think it's just been a real yeah. game changer in terms of being out, people being able to keep their accounts and see where they're up to without having to spend hours on it on end. You know. Yeah, definitely. I'm a um, big fan of checking my reports mm. sort of 
you know, once a month, that sort of thing. Um, it is eye-opening and it's so much easier when you have some sort of system in place where you don't have to be inputting all your expenses, you know, step by step and looking at your receipts and what was yeah. that and that and that. So, yeah, absolutely. And I think even with what I see is a lot of people do is they hand over their books to their bookkeeper and think that's that problem gone mm. and they don't then take on the responsibility of doing their own financial management as opposed to the bookkeeping side of things. So even if people do, and I, you know, bookkeeping is one of the things I always recommend people look at outsourcing pretty, pretty quickly um, Mm -hmm. because it's, you know, tax and it's not very exciting and it takes up time, but you still need to be looking at your reports on a monthly basis to see how you're going. Mm -hmm. Otherwise, yeah. You can get some nasty shocks when the end of the year rolls around. <laughs> yeah. Um, very interesting you said that, Caroline. I um, had a frozen accountant and a bookkeeper. I was thinking about you, Kirstie. Yeah, I had both um, until very recently when I fired them both. <laughs> um, we won't go down that track. But anyway, I'm actually not going to replace my bookkeeper. So what I found, so this is an interesting discussion, Um uh, what I found was okay, she, yep. it was great to have the bookkeeper in the early days because she's made sure that all my accounts are set up properly within IU Zero as well. Um, but you know any accounting software, she's made sure everything's set up properly so that when I press OK, OK, OK on my bank reconciliation, you know the expenses are going into the right categories and that sort of thing. Um, so she's set it up properly. And now I'm in control of yeah. doing it. But as a photographer, we really don't have that many. Um, usually incoming and outgoing, you know, outgoings. Um, you know, my dad is self-employed and actually everyone in my family and, you know, the list of his yeah. expenses and, and money that he's got to keep track of coming in and out is ridiculous and I would never want to do his his books. But for me, like, you know, I've got an album order here and I don't know, phone bill here and there's not that much. So it doesn't take me very long to go through. I just go through once a month and go, okay, okay, okay. And I've found since I've been doing it myself that I'm really aware of like, hey, yeah. why am I still paying that subscription? I don't use that anymore. And Yeah, I have the same thing, Kirsty. Yeah. Um, and I've actually, you know, <laughs> The first month that I did my own, I um, I went, I started recognizing all these things I was using, and I was like, "This is ridiculous!" And I actually went through and cancelled a bunch of subscriptions, <laughs> and I've been saving myself over three hundred dollars a month because of that. And I was like, "Well, that's easy money for nothing." <laughs> so yeah, great tip wow. um, to make sure that you're yeah you're sort of aware of um your money coming in and out and to systematize that or automate it as much as possible um, with appropriate software is a no-brainer because for me to do that manually every month like through Excel or something, I would just never do it. Uh, when I first started, I had a spreadsheet. Of course you did. It was ridiculous. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <Like> <laughs> ridiculous waste of time to do it that way. <laughs> oh, my goodness. It was so bad. Especially now that accounting software is very affordable, you know, like you can get your first three months on zero for like nothing, $25 or something, Yeah, which is way cheaper than, you know, than the time yeah. that you would spend if you were doing it manually. I think people really struggle when they see, I find this with clients, they say, oh, that's going to cost me $25 a month to do. And it's just like, yes, but mm. it's, it's going to save you two hours and you are so much, you know, you're worth so much more than $12.50 an hour. Yeah. It just... 
you know, I think really hard to get your head around that time thing. Yeah, I had um, I was trying to convince someone the other day to just sign up to. I use a program called Schedulegram to schedule my social media posts. It's like twenty dollars mm-hmm. a month or something. It's not a lot for the amount of time that it saves mm-hmm. me. It is so worth that. But yeah, it, it was that same sort of um. Being like, oh, $20 a month. I don't know. I can do that for free. So, <laughs> like, you can, but it's not because <laughs> of the time. Um, so, yeah, I, is that a difficult mindset that you find a lot of people struggle with? Yeah, I think it's certainly one that I've struggled with. Mm-hmm. You know, particularly when I first started up my business, I was just like, oh, like, you know, you say $20. Yeah. It's just like, oh, that's a lot to spend per month. And yeah. now it's just like, oh. That'll save me hours. Yeah, just sign me up, and I still see clients. Yeah, clients struggle with that. But I think once they once they realise how much you know they could earn per hour, you know, if they were doing more important mm-hmm. things, you know, it, it's a no brainer. It's that balance though. Of like when you first start out as a photographer, usually you don't have many clients. Yeah, you do have time. Yes, you have time and no money. And so it makes sense yeah. to spend your time and not your money. But then you start getting mm. clients. And so then you end up with a point where it's like, oh, I've got a little less time and a little more money. So now I can slowly start paying for a couple of things that are $20 a month, free up more time. So that way I can invest that time elsewhere in more productive areas. And then it just keeps going like that in that scale until you're like, great, much more money, much less time. How can I free up time? And then it balances out that kind of thing. But in the beginning, somebody who, you know, they're trying to start a business on a very small budget to tell them like it's only $20 a month, 15 times over. It's not, people are never going to do that because they're like, but I've got time and I don't have money. But I think if we, if people can um, implement one thing at a time and like I was saying, as that scale sort of tips towards less uh time and more money yeah it makes sense to start switching stuff over and that's also a manageable way to introduce systems as well I think yeah I think for some of them though like social media it's and there's some really good free options out there for social media scheduling that you can use it's also about thinking well if you're going to save two hours on your social media scheduling does that mean you can actually do you know more calls with clients can you go out networking are there better money making the activities that you could be doing so sometimes you have to spend a little bit before you're ready to to really free up that time to go out and sell yourself I think it's it's you know things like social media scheduling are just not on the whole not money making activities you know it's more about you need to be building relationships mm-hmm. and spending time talking to people and the other thing with social media scheduling is it means that you know less time to get distracted as well because how many times do you jump on Facebook? Oh, just put a post on Facebook and then, oh, look at this. It's been 25 minutes and I'm still scrolling through other people's Facebook looking at things I don't really care about. So at least if it's scheduled, then you're saving time and energy with that as well. So that's a good one to to recommend to start with, especially given there are so many free options. There's some key ones that are really good to do early, like social media scheduling. What would be some others that you recommend? So that would probably be the main one along with what you were talking about with the scheduling clients, like the calls. Mm-hmm. So freeing up that calendar conversations. I just think you know, even even on social media, if if you are going to be spending a lot of time on social media, it, it shouldn't be scheduling posts. It should be commenting on other people's content, you know, starting conversations with people mm-hmm. rather than 
you know, just scrolling through the feed and looking at, you know, lovely images. Actively engaging with other people rather than just pushing out your own content yeah. as well. Because that's yeah. what networking is in real life, like always, you know, asking questions and, and talking to people in real life. And if we can bring those skills online, then I think that'd be much more beneficial. Yeah. So, I mean, we've been talking about apps and tools this whole time anyway, but do you have your sort of fav- very favourite ones that you would recommend? So I've probably got four. Yeah. Maybe three. So I really, uh, acuity scheduling is my favourite in terms of time scheduling. I've used the others and they're quite good, but I just find that acuity is reliable and it does what I need and it has a lot of um, a lot of ability to do that tailoring, as we said, you know, to only do bookings on Wednesday or only doing so many calls a day or whatever works for you. And bonus, it is if you have a Squarespace website, it's free. Yes. Which I think it's free. A nice little handy thing. It might be free if you don't take payments. So that's another lovely thing about it is you can actually um, take payments through it. Yeah, they do definitely have a free option. I think they only have one event yes, type. Yes, so yeah. for, I used to pay for um, an app called Schedule Once, which was similar, but Acuity I prefer, so I switched over anyway. Anyway, sorry to interrupt you. What was your second uh, one? So the other two of my favourites are social media ones. So I mm-hmm. actually mm-hmm. use Later for Instagram. Mm-hmm. I've recently downloaded, I've got a Mac, I've recently downloaded Grids for Instagram on my Mac and that's been mm-hmm. great for doing Instagram from a desktop. I think it's $15 US and it's actually software. Mm-hmm. It's not a you know, a cloud thing. You actually download it to your Mac. Oh. So that's been really good and I love SmartIQ for my other social media. So that's been really mm-hmm. good. Uh, yes. And then SmartIQ is right. Awesome. I used to use that so much. I don't anymore, but I love the whole buckets idea. If you want to explain that, maybe. Yeah, so that's just social media scheduling again. So you can pick, you can schedule in advance all your social media. You can put it into categories. And then the other good thing it can do is it can, it reposts your content. So if you've got some key content that you want to keep showing again and again, which I think. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, because, you know, I mean. I think it's maybe got a post has a life of maybe an hour or something. It's really, really yeah. short. So they say it's much less than 10% of your followers who see any post on a given day. Yeah. So if you reschedule <sighs> it, maybe cool. some new people mm. will see it. Yeah. And it just does it automatically so you don't That's need to awesome. do anything with it. Yeah. The thing I like about SmarterQ, which works really well for photographers, is that, like you were saying, you set up the different categories. And so, for example, I set up a category called quotes and then another category called um, Mm. wall art or something like that and then another category called client work, something like that. And you just drop your imagery into these categories, which are like buckets. And so you drop all your images or whatever it is, your links or whatever, into those appropriate categories and then you create a calendar where uh, you just drop in on the calendar, like on every Monday should be something random posted from category oh, A. Oh, that's Walla. cool too. Like that. And then <laughs> yeah. you select when you add that image to that bucket or the category how many times it should be rescheduled. Can you select the lifespan of each post or just the number of times that it gets reposted? So it's a number of times it posts or it can be ongoing forever which works really well for people who have um facebook groups and stuff as well Mm. who want to post prompts or even on a page you can you know you can use it for prompts so if every monday you want to ask a question on your facebook page 
you can schedule a post to come out, that same post to come out every Monday. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's yeah. so, cool. so like in our group, for example, um, every week we, you know, we tell our members that, um, you know, new interviews up and that's always going to be on a Tuesday at 3 p.m. And so we could have a post that just mm-hmm. is reoccurring Tuesday, 3 p.m. saying don't forget new, new um, episode is live, for example. Or our yeah. um, our accountability mm-hmm. post, Kirsty, where we're checking in on what everyone's doing for the fortnight, and everyone posts, you know, how they're going on their goals and that sort of thing. That would be, you know, we also could have that one. automatically remind people to update their um, goals because I think that's a really helpful thing in the members area too. It definitely um, is awesome. I'm going to look cool. into SmarterQ. Yeah. I like the sound of that. I don't know why I'm using it, but it's fantastic. I think because of Jen. But anyway. Um, great app. <laughs> yes. Um, and do you have a favorite book or any favorite books? Uh, so probably the two books. So mine are very much, uh, one of them is very much introvert based. So Quiet by Susan Kane, mm-hmm. which was really, had a really big impact on me accepting, not accepting that I was an introvert, but accepting that actually I could mold my business and my life to work with my introversion rather than feeling like I had to be extroverted and out there Mm -hmm. and talking to everyone. Mm -hmm. I think that's such a big um, realisation about any part of life. It's um, super empowering. We were talking about that last week with, uh, sorry, last fortnight with Ewan as well, weren't we, Caitlin, about the the impact on his business once he realised that his business could work for him and he didn't have to do it the same way as everybody else. Um, and that was inspired by a book as well. So um, that sounds like a good read um, for anybody who might, yeah, need a bit of a mindset kind of inspiration. Yeah. And then the other book that I've read recently is Better Than Before by Gretchen Rubin. Oh, I love Gretchen Rubin. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like the biggest fangirl about her. I listen to her um, Happier podcast obsessively. <laughs> You're the first person that's mentioned Gretchen Rubin, so I'm really happy. <laughs> but um, yeah, so for people that don't know about Gretchen Rubin or Better Than Before, what, what's your favourite um, bits of that? So Better Than Before is just about creating good habits and it, I really like it because it's about fixing up small things in your life that actually can have a big impact on on you, whether it's, you know, eating slightly healthier or um, you know, making making time to talk to people or mm-hmm. exercise or whatever. It's just really about how do you actually create habits for you. And she talks about she's got another book that follows on from it. It talks about four different personalities mm-hmm. and what works for each personality type. Mm-hmm. And so she talks about you either I think it's a rebel. Ooh, I can't think what the others are now. A questioner. It's a upholder and obliger. Obliger. And I really like that it's, you know, about external, yeah. internal accountability and using those levers to actually get you to make positive mm-hmm. change in your life. Yeah, she's um, really good at realising that everyone has different approaches and different personalities and there's no just sort of one one shape fits all solution to mm-hmm. habit change, for example, or whatever that might be. Um, so yeah, we'll put a link actually in the show notes to her uphold, um, her four tendencies quiz on the website, because mm. I think that would be really interesting for those listeners to take. Um, uh, yeah, I found it really interesting. I'm a hundred percent upholder. <laughs> <laughs> um, and you, Kirstie, are a rebel. So 
<laughs> just FYI. Yes. I, um, I don't, I've never so, seen this um, quiz, but we all know that already. It's fine. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but it's really helpful to recognize and it, it, the way that she talks about it and the suggestions that she gives means that sort of once you recognize that sort of personality trait, not even that we can all be pigeonholed into four categories, but the basic personality traits for them and how you can utilize mm. that to change your own habits and make it work for you. Uh, yeah, it's really interesting. Um, I love all like all different quizzes mm. and stuff that you can do like that. And there's a really good one for relationships. Um, that's like you're either like, you know, a stable emotional person and that's probably ideal and then there's somebody else who's like I can't remember the right terminology but it's like clingy or whatever and that's super like once you understand um like oh that's definitely me and ah maybe I should back off on some of those traits um (laughs) I think it's super helpful for growth and so I can see that this would be really great especially for professional like professional life but just like Mm. in general it would be great as well so yeah let's put a link in for that because I want to check it out too yeah yeah (laughs) Yeah, it's really good. It was really good for me to um, once I wrapped my head around the fact that other people don't. <laughs> this is like sounds like I'm super self centered, but that other people don't think mm. the way that I think. So um, you know, when I I have these sorts of expectations, and I'm telling someone we have to do it this way and that way, or like my super overly organized ways, and then anyway, it's just really interesting to um, work out how you can make your personality work for your business. Um, And so finally, do you have any favorite people, podcasts, recommendations for the listeners? Yeah, probably a couple. I really love Mm -hmm. um, Heather Thorkelson who has a podcast called The Republic of Freedom. Okay. And she's a really good person just to follow generally because she has a business coaching business. But as well as that, her and her Husband and his twin brother have just set up, well, not just set up, but they have a polar expeditions company. She has a really good, really interesting just take on life because she sees so much different aspects in the world and she has the best polar bear photos on her Instagram feed. <laughs> so she's one. Well, I heard just for polar bear photos. Yeah, and then the other one that I, you know, I've, worked, I've actually personally worked with is Kyla Roma. And I really, she's a business coach as well. And she just has really lovely practical advice to help people out with their marketing. So they'd be my two two recommendations. And uh, Kylo, is she Australian? No, she is. I think she's in Winnipeg, Canada. She's definitely Canadian. She would also be able to get amazing bear photos. Yes. Maybe not the polar bears, though. <laughs> I'm in bear country at the moment and I have been for the last month and I'm like, where are the bears at? And everyone's like, you're never going to see bears right now, Kirsty. They, they come out in the winter. You have to have to travel with Heather. I'm, I think she'd get you a polar bear. <laughs> Excellent. And what about a quote that you live or work by? You did give us a great one earlier that you learnt that your email list is not your to-do list. Maybe I'm being greedy asking for a new one. <laughs> yeah, so probably one of my favourites or one of the ones that I used to remind myself a lot is – because I'm quite risk averse, so there's the quote, "What if I fail?" Uh, oh, but my darling, what if you fly? And I just think that's such yes. a remi- good reminder for those of us who are tend to the risk averse and worrying side of things that amazing things can happen if you do take risks. 
that's something that I relate to as well. And I got printed for myself um, about this time last year, actually, when I was like going through some personal stuff and just freaking out in general. And then I had this big quote printed, um, what's the best that could happen. Yeah. And I got it printed up really large and framed it and hung it in my bathroom where I would see it every day. And that was such a good thing to remind myself, like not to constantly be worrying about but what happens if this all goes to shit or what happens if this happens and that happens and that as as any warrior will tend to do. But the sort of focusing on the just what if it did yeah. all turn out, um, which is hard to do, but it's so awesome if you can change your mindset. I love that quote so much. Thank you, Caroline. Um, so finally, how should our listeners find you? So just at my website, which is carolinemwood.com, and that's really simple. And on social media, I'm quietly Caroline. Oh, I like that name. That's cool. <laughs> Beautiful. Thank you so much for everything you shared today. It's so helpful. I think it's going to be like a whole big episode full of actionable things that our um, listeners can start implementing to start sort of streamlining their businesses. So I'm really excited for everyone. Thank you. I've just, it's been really lovely talking to you. And yes, I hope, definitely. yeah, I hope people can actually take action from it because I think that's one of the hardest things to do in business. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Actually sit down and write out your, uh, your workflow. That would be our number one goal, right? Yep. Awesome. Yes. Cool. Thank you so much, Caroline. It's been lovely talking to you. Same. Thank you for having me. So that was automation expert Caroline M. Wood. Kirstie and I found it so interesting to chat to someone outside the photography realm about how we can use automation in our businesses. Now, if you haven't clued on by now, this is obviously something that we're both really interested in. I in particular get quite geeky with this sort of stuff, but in my point of view, if it can save you time, that's time you can spend elsewhere. On that note, we do have two freebies for you guys this week. So if you head on over to the show notes, which is just the petphotographersclub.com forward slash podcast forward slash whatever the episode season is. So for today, it's forward slash podcast forward slash zero two zero three season two episode three so then Kirsty's dug up her old workflow that she used to have above her computer so you can have a look at that if you're really struggling to work out what you would be putting at each step and then I've also put together my top 10 tips for automating your photography business so there's a bunch of useful information in there I'll put the links to both of those in the show notes Okay, hope you guys enjoyed this one. Hope it was full of lots of things that you might be able to start implementing in your business and we will see you next week. Bye for now.